Welcome back to the Senior Living Marketing Success Podcast. In today's episode, I have a conversation with Michelle Anderson. Michelle is the Vice President of Sales and Operations with Thrive Senior Living. When Michelle and I were trying to find a time to record this podcast, she told me, you know, hey, I'm going to have to maybe record this next week or the week after because this week, uh, the founder and, and some of the um, VPs of our office were going on what she called a grand tour of all the communities. And I thought that itself would make a great topic for a podcast. How can, um, you know, the the corporate company, and I know sometimes we don't like to use that word corporate, but, you know, how can the corporate office um, better support its communities? And so because Michelle did this with some of the other VPs, I wanted to talk to her about that. And so that's what we talk about today. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Michelle Anderson. Welcome back to the Senior Living Marketing Success Podcast. I am very excited today to have on Michelle Anderson. Michelle is the Vice President of Sales and Operations at Thrive Senior Living. Um, And I wanted to have Michelle on for a podcast because she put something on LinkedIn where her corporate company, they've got um, almost 10 communities, but what they wanted to do was, in her words, take a roadshow and take the corporate office on the road and actually visit and support communities. And I just thought that is a a fantastic idea. I want to hear more about that. And so we're definitely going to touch on that later. But um, Michelle, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So let's start before we get into that question. Let's start with this. Um, Tell me a little bit about Thrive. What is the why and the mission behind Thrive? I mean, obviously, we're all here to serve seniors. Um, but but what's what's you know the mission of Thrive? Yeah, I think if you take it down to a simple uh, statement, we believe if a person has breath in their lungs, they have purpose in their life, and and so we want to make sure that we are helping people fulfill that purpose, and that every day we are doing more good. And so it takes it makes it very simple when you sim- you know when you just simplify it that way, it makes it real easy to run after, do more good, and help people have purpose in their lives. Yeah, I don't think I've heard it put that simply before, but it, that it really, I think, kind of gets the message across. If you have breath in your lungs, you you still have purpose. I think that's that's beautiful. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say is? I oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, what would you say is the biggest obstacle that you think that Thrive has faced um, in the past year, past couple of years? Yeah, goodness. I think, um, you know, I think like so many, the COVID pandemic has been brutal. Um, I have a lot of respect and admiration for the teams that are in the trenches every single day. Um, There's just this grittiness and determination to overcome um, what what has been thrown at us. And I think, um, you know, speaking very specifically to sales, um, as a whole, we quickly implemented what I like to call pandemic pivots. And it was it, it was impo- important to stay very true to our sales process that we know works. And so how could we quickly pivot what we do and deliver it in the world that we were quickly thrust into? And so, um, you know, I had this belief that people would not magically just stop needing what we offer. 
Um, in fact, they may need it even more. Very much like you see during the holidays. Um, I've always believed that people don't stop needing us just because the calendar says it's mid-November and they don't need us again until January. It just it just doesn't work that way. Um, I've even seen some of our biggest move-in months during the holidays when teams really embrace that and understand that people don't just magically stop needing us. And, and the same has held true through the pandemic. And so um, we did things very quickly. And I know a lot of companies did this where we, we started hosting virtual events and webinars and doing virtual tours. And, and we got creative quickly with doing things like inviting families to still come and sit on the front porch of our community. And we'd have an iPad ready to log them in. And then we would run in and do the tour. And, and we stayed true to our sales process. And if we couldn't move someone in, we would implement our waitlist program or a waitlist club, very much like you would do with a new development project. And so when we had families waiting, we were really nurturing and loving on them well. And we even implemented ways to support uh, prospects and families with supplies, with meal delivery, just anything we could do to show support to the community. You know, we had some communities that that grew occupancy through the pandemic, even prior to when a lot would deem the recovery kind of started. We had communities that were growing occupancy, and we have one that opened just a couple months before the pandemic started, and they're at 100% occupancy today. And so, so I think some of these pivots um, through this pandemic are, are a real testament to what our teams are capable of doing. Yeah, I I I hate talking about. Um you know, or, or not hate, but I, I don't like looking at COVID and thinking, oh, here's all the, the great things that have happened because of COVID, because there's just been so many bad things that have happened because of COVID. But mm-hmm. one thing that, mm-hmm. that it's caused senior living communities to do is to think differently. Um, and, yeah. and I think, you know, oftentimes the new processes that a lot of communities and companies have developed during COVID, um, I think they will keep some of these processes. And I hope that you know, once once we get out of COVID one day, that we don't lose this desire to continue to try to make things better and to make things better for families and not just be okay with the status quo, which it sounds kind of like that's what you all decided to do. We got to make pivots. We, we got to change. We can't just keep things the way that they are. I agree 100%. You know, I find it, it was kind of funny because part of our... Um, Part of our sales process and follow-up process, things that we would always do, you look at the family dynamics of, of just the world today, and people don't always live in the same cities like they used to. And so part of our sales process, even pre-pandemic, part of our sales and follow-up would be to, to involve the entire family and use technologies that had that had come on board, you know, over the past decade or so, the virtual type technologies. And I think to a degree we did it. And so it helped us pivot quickly, but boy, we've gotten really good at it. And so that part of it today, even though we can tour in person and we can bring people in, that little element of bringing the whole family together virtually, we've really um, honed that skill well um, because of because of the pandemic and how we had to pivot so much. I love that. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. Is there anything that that when you look at Thrive, is there anything that you think sets um, thrive apart from competitors. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm a lead and I'm considering a thrive community, uh, what do I see that makes thrive more memorable than others? Um, or is it something that you feel like is, 
you know, kind of um, sets Thrive Apart internally? Is, is there one thing that comes to mind? Mm, I think, um, oh goodness, um, you know, so many companies out there are, are doing are doing such great jobs. And, and, I, and I really believe that people who are in this industry have an incredible heart for it, or we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here. And so when I think about, um, when I think about Thrive as a whole, and, and I look at the different communities, I think it's our teams that, that sometimes set us apart, even, even with saying that everybody out there is trying to do good. I think that our teams have really understood the idea that, um, I want to say this well. I don't. I think that anybody can build a pretty building, and and that's that's hard for me to say. I you know I think of like architecture is so it's so fascinating to me. I can't draw a stick person, so how somebody can design an entire building just blows me away. But with the right you know the right architects and the right designers and developers and you know interior designers, you can come up with this beautiful building and be the new shiny penny. Well, what about that older community or or the community who was new a couple of years ago and isn't the new shiny penny anymore? You better have something more. You better have more substance, you know, to what you're doing. And I think that our teams have really embraced that it is how we deliver, that they've really embraced the the philosophy of if there's breath in your lungs, there's purpose in your life. And so really seeking to live that out every day and help the older adults live that out. Um, I think that um, how you deliver the service is so much more important than the building itself. And I think our team has really done that well. And I think too, um, something we've done really well at Thrive is breaking down the silos and really, um, you know, our, our VP of clinical and compliance is not just a colleague, she's a friend where, you know, I, I, I tell her as a trusted friend, <laughs> but we are so aligned and we are so locked in on how we lead our team that um, there is no clinical side and sales side. We are one team. And, um, and the same holds true for the operational kind of, I, I think occupancy fits into this um, circle. And there's definitely sales as a component, clinical as a component, your dining program as a component. You know, everything is a component to building that occupancy. And I think that's something that we have done really well at Thrive is, um, is breaking away those silos so that everybody's functioning as one and running after the same goal. It's, it's so important to, to get buy-in from everyone on the same company mm -hmm. mission. Um, I mean, that's, yeah. it's so important because I think too often, um, mission statements and, you know, purposes and values that companies offer. I mean, mo most of the time people on the, you know, team members don't even know what those are and they can't, they couldn't recite any of it to you. And so when you have a difficult situation like that, it's really hard to get kind of a, a team cohesiveness. Um, whereas, mm -hmm. you know, kind of the, the circumstance you're describing when you've got, you know, one person declaring the mission for a team, getting buy-in from everyone, that makes um, employee morale better. And when that's better, then they're going to offer better care. And it's just, it's kind of a, a complete, a complete circle. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's giving people the full experience and everyone is bought in on it. So Absolutely. it's beautiful when it happens. So speaking of getting everyone bought in, this is what I, you know, really wanted to get to and, and kind of hear mm -hmm. more about this um, because you shared with me that 
your corporate team took a roadshow um, and you went and visited your communities and just wanted to, you know, visit them, not as like a, hey, you know, corporate tier, watch out, you know, you better shape up, but really to visit them and serve them. <laughs> um, and so I just thought that is a wonderful idea. And I just wanted to hear more about that. So um, tell me a little bit about kind of the why behind the idea. Um, what, why did someone say, you know what, we need to get everyone on the road and actually physically visit these communities and not just do like a, hey, let's just do a, a Zoom support call. Uh, why, why was mm-hmm. being in person so important to you all? Well, that, this is such a great question. And it really, it, it makes my heart come alive because I've always believed that being in the communities is one of the best places to be. Um, it's where you can support teams the best. It's where you can help them learn and grow. I, I have this, um, this just passion bubbling up inside of me to help the next generation of leaders coming into our industry that I, I see them coming in now at the age that I was when I came into the industry a really long time ago. <laughs> and so I love seeing that. And when we, we started looking you know, we were all, we always have traveled to the communities that has always been, even, even you go back when COVID, you know, you think it's been almost two years since everything kind of shut down. We didn't stay away long. We were back in, in the air flying and getting to the communities as quickly as we could. I want to say we started back in June. So we were only out of the communities for a couple months. But what's been different about this road show, if you will, is there's three of us traveling together. And we are, we are going into every community together with a purpose of, you know, one, definitely showing our appreciation. Again, it has been a rough couple of years. Um, anyway, even, even our teams who are incredibly, you know, just knocking it out of the park, it has been hard. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to acknowledge, we have to acknowledge that to help people keep, keep going and, and understand that they're valued. Um, and then when you go in as a team, so um, there's our senior vice president of operations, there's myself, and then there is our vice president of clinical and compliance. And the three of us are going in together to work with the teams to show their our appreciation for them, but also to learn from them. You know, what is it that is, what is working and what are their challenges and opportunities? And by doing that, we can do, we can accomplish a couple of different things. We can take what is working so well, and we can apply it to all of our communities, right? We can share that common knowledge and and look at ways to solve challenges. What might be working well in this community could be a challenge in this one. And so we're really able to take that knowledge and spread it over. And then the other piece, by having the three of us together with the teams, we bring the entire leadership team of the community together to do these brainstorming and these listening sessions And when there are challenges that they're faced with, because the three of us are together, we can make decisions really quickly. We're not, you know, having all this red tape to cut through and we've got to run it up. You know, yes, you've got to take all the budgetary. We've got to look at the financials. You've got to be, you know, responsible in every way. But um, we're able to help teams solve their challenges much quicker by going in together like this. And, And it is that, you know, I talk about the, our vice president of clinical and compliance, her name is Elaine. And, um, and she's just phenomenal. And when we're together, we're modeling for the team how to work together in the community and how to bring that leadership and that um, kind of that unity together inside the community. I, I love that. And I, I love that you approached it as let's go in and learn rather than let's go in and 
you know, just command and teach, you know, whatever we want to, because I think that's really easy for leaders to do sometimes is just to think, um, you know, but just is to talk before listening. But the fact that you all went in thinking, okay, we want to hear before we go in and, and offer ideas, change anything. I mean, you can do that, but it's not going to be effective. You've got to go in and, and listen and say what's working. So we don't change why. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can behind the scenes, I can look at, you know, how many open walls we have. I can look at, you know, how, what our, how many leads we have, what our lead to tour conversion is, what our tour to move. I can look at all of that behind the scenes and I can see where the gaps are, but I want to know why. I want to understand why are we not hitting a better lead to tour conversion rate or your lead to tour conversion rate is 65%. What are you guys doing? <laughs> because we want it to be 65% at every community um, or their, you know, tour to move in conversion. If it's off the mark, let's walk through what the tour process is like. Are we really honoring our process that, that we know works and help me understand what we can do to help you make it better. So asking a lot of why questions and how things are working is, it's so key. And, and I do think, you know, whether you're doing that in person or, or virtually, you can have that approach um, and make it a true coaching approach. Yes, we have to understand what is happening and offer that guidance and have that accountability. But um, you'll, you just get a lot further um, starting with wine. You can help teams be more successful that way. What was the community's response to this? Did you feel like when you visited a community, did, did you get some feedback on that? Did you feel like they were like thrilled to have you there? Um, just kind of tell me ab about that and, and what has kind of happened since then with the community and the corporate relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I feel like even before we did this, um, we've had a great relationship, a very open, um, we believe in radical transparency and really guarding relationships. And so, you know, I don't feel like there's ever, we even don't, we don't even use the word corporate. Um, we, it just feels stuffy. And so we don't, we don't even use that word. And the response from the teams um, has been really, really welcoming and really appreciative of us being there and having this approach and working as the entire community leadership team. Uh, some of the follow-up was, when are you coming back? How soon can we have you back? We also scheduled, um, so we, you know, of course, you, you walk away from something like that with items that, that need to be accomplished, with things that need to be done. And so we scheduled some pretty quick follow-up calls um, to rally the troops back together and, um, and be sure that they had all of the support tools necessary to implement anything that, um, that had been identified. Either, you know, usually they, they know, they, they have identified themselves the things that can be improved upon but then making sure that we're following through with, with equipping the teams and really empowering them um, to be their best. No, I love that. I, I think that's wonderful. And I, I think this idea of, you know, you mentioned it, radical transparency. I think that would be very valuable for more corporate companies to, to adopt in kind of their philosophy and their day-to-day -day operations. I think that would, that would, create much better relationships between the communities and between, um, I'll, I'll say it cause I don't know what, what other word to use, the corporate office. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think some, I think that word just has a kind of a negative connotation. Uh, I, I think, I think it's Chick-fil-A who 
like refers to their corporate office as I think like Chick-fil-A support center or something like that. Support center. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah. I, I love that yeah. just because, um, I mean, I don't know if that's how they refer to it internally. I, I probably think so, but at least when you look it up, it's, re it's referred to as their, their support center. And I, I love support that. Support center. Yeah. I love that. I think that's such a great idea. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Supporting, you know, taking the approach of supporting them. We all want the teams to be successful. You know, I think you look at a team and what team out there doesn't want to be successful, <laughs> you know, and right. so really backing up and defining what is success for that team. And obviously for the communities, it's hitting those budgeted occupancy numbers. It's having good surveys. It's being, you know, having a full team in place. There's so many things that can define success. And so each team has to really understand what does success look like for their community. And then I think as leaders, we have to take that a step further and know what does success look like for that person personally, because mm -hmm. you, you could be success, successful all day long in your professional life. If you're not successful in your personal life, eventually the professional will unravel. And so I, I believe that we have to know our people well enough to know what is important to them on a personal level, as well as a professional level. And when we can help them achieve both, that you're really winning in those, you know, in those moments where you help people achieve both. No, absolutely. That's, that's fantastic. Um, Michelle, it has been such a pleasure to have you on this podcast. Um, I really appreciate it. You've offered some uh, great pieces of wisdom and advice that I hope all of our listeners um, who might be in a position to, you know, influence some support center team members to, to take a show mm -hmm. on the road and visit their communities. I hope they will definitely take um, your advice to heart. Well, thank you. Thank you again for having me. It's been a pleasure. If someone wants to learn more about Thrive Senior Living, if they are listening to you and thinking, you know what, I want to be on Michelle's team, where could they go to learn about um, any kind of job openings that you all have or just learn more about Thrive Senior Living? Sure, absolutely. We keep those posted on our website, thrivefl.com. And then I'm on LinkedIn if anyone wants to reach out on LinkedIn for connection. Michelle, thank you so much. It's been so good to have you on. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's conversation with Michelle. When I think about this topic of how can senior living um, corporate offices better support their communities, what, what comes to my mind is that these corporate offices need to support their communities more today than they ever have before. I mean, so many of the team members in these communities are just struggling with um, everything that's happened with, with COVID. And so uh, we all need to make sure we're doing a better job than we ever have before of stepping into the community and saying, hey, I'm here for you. I'm here to support you. What do you need? What can I get for you to help make your job better? Um, if that is the attitude of your senior living corporate office, then I think that will help, you know, reduce turnover. If people feel more appreciated, if they feel more valued, they will be um, served better than they have before. So uh, when you, as a corporate office, focus on serving the community in the best way possible, it really does help solve a lot of other problems. If you need help with uh, your community sales, or if you are a VP of marketing and you just don't feel like you have a good grasp on a sales funnel, um, how to put all that together, just go to our website, seniorlivingpros.com and click the button that says download our senior living sales guide.